everybody, and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and I am still feeling less than happy about the U.S. men's disappointing home draw to Canada last night. If you are looking for some more detailed conversation about that draw, then we've definitely got you covered. You can find uh, my review with Joe Lowry. We watched the game, then we went back and rewatched it, and then we recorded our thoughts. Uh, that is two episodes ago, and then the most recent one in this feed would be Allocation Disorder, Paul and Sam both on site. So then they also did an episode talking about that game. So two USA Review shows in this feed. But as I said, even then, still feeling fairly disappointed, a little bit a little bit low on the U.S. men's national team right now. If you were in the same boat and you would maybe like a reminder that soccer in this country can be fun, exciting, and inspiring, then this episode is for you. Because today, but really last week, we did this chat last week, but it's airing today, I spoke with Andrea Yock, co-founder and president of Minnesota Women's Soccer. They are the first independent women's soccer club in the United States, and they are seeking to become a model for how to build and operate a community-owned team. You may have heard her chat with Grant Wall uh, a few weeks ago uh, and we do cover some of that same ground but we spend a lot of time discussing their ownership model uh, shares have gone on sale and how that process has been going the obstacles when it comes to developing a local team in a country that isn't always about uh, local and how life changes when you've got a team to run uh, which is to say it changes pretty dramatically a whole lot more in there as well but it was a really interesting conversation at least for me hope it was for andre hope it will be for you all and like i said if you're feeling like you could use a reminder why soccer matters and can be fun then hopefully this does a good bit of reminding so on that note, with me now is Andrea Yock, co-founder uh, and president of Minnesota Women's Soccer. Andrea, I'm guessing it's been a very busy week for you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's been amazing. So let's talk about the amazing week. But first, let's talk about what led up to it. Uh, I heard your interview with Grant for folks uh, who did not. Uh, you all are the first independent women's soccer team in the U.S. Uh, and you are actively working to make that even more of a reality than it already is. Can you take us through the process that led to you all deciding to build this community-owned club? Yes. Yeah, so we are calling this our pandemic project. Um, apparently, there is a group of us that locked in our houses for too long need to come up with big things. And so last summer, so about 15 months ago, a group of people got together in a park six feet apart and started talking about this idea of why are we waiting for someone else to bring a women's team to Minnesota? Maybe we can figure out how to do it. And our co-founder, Wes Burdine, was very dialed into the community-owned idea and had done a lot of research. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized that we actually could make this happen. So from that group, we started meeting with different leagues around the United States and found the USL. And they were ready to start a women's league and were okay with the fact that we were independent and wanted to be community-owned and didn't have a men's team. And then in April, we were awarded a franchise and it's been nonstop since then. Uh, I want to go back to the pandemic aspect of this, because for me, I think I like rewatched The Office again. I probably played video games. Like Maybe I read a book. I probably read half a book, not even a whole book. I did not found a soccer club. How did you all like how did those conversations were they already taking place? Were they just sort of, hey, I'm bored. Let's start a team. Like, what is the kind of uh, machination behind the scenes? So there had been a small group of people who are now all of the co-founders that were particularly frustrated about the lack of activity around bringing a women's team to town. And so they had already been, you know, sitting around before the pandemic saying, this really sucks. Like we should really get a women's team. And then they expanded the group. So I got an invitation from those folks to join in. Um, I've done a lot of soccer marketing 
and had a soccer background. So they invited me to a meeting. And the more we started talking about it, the more it was like, well, we can't go to games right now. At that point, there was still no games to watch. So nothing had started back up again. And we thought, well, this would be a good way to spend our time. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm terrible at sitting still. So I did not watch any pandemic shows. And I did actually read a lot of books. But the soccer and I had worked uh, regularly for the uh, International Champions Cup. And so when that got shut down, that basically took away a, a good chunk of work for me. So not only was I grounded in my house, I was grounded in my house with no action. And that was a terrible combination. And and then you found a, a very uh, productive and valuable outlet uh, now with the franchise in place. How did that process take place? How do you go about getting that kind of franchise status? So we had to, the first thing we had to do was figure out who among the people that had expressed interest truly had the time and energy to commit to being a part of creating this team. So we came up with an executive team. We have an amazing attorney, Matthew Bergeron, who volunteered his time. So his law firm is doing everything for Bono. We found a chief financial officer. So we, we had to actually find positions with people in areas of expertise. And that was all done one-on-one recruiting. So our group of founders, the five of us, would be thinking about who do we know in the different spaces. And the calls with the leagues were um, easy. It was a couple of us that would just do each call. We would type up all the notes and then we would have our executive meetings via Zoom. We have never in this entire process had a meeting in person. And the first time some of us were actually meeting in person was the day we launched the team. Wow. Uh, That's a good time to meet, I suppose. If you're going to (laughs) meet, that would be a good time to do it. Was the community-based aspect of this always part of the plan? Like from that initial six-foot meeting in the park, were you all always sort of gearing it towards let's get lots of different people involved? It was because obviously there is a financial component with running a soccer team or running any company. And not a single one of us could write a big check to cover expenses. And so we knew that the community ownership model, and especially we had watched and studied a lot the Detroit City model, which has been very successful. And we have a very healthy market in the Twin Cities, which lends itself towards asking people to be a part of something. Now, what we've seen over the last couple of days is this is much bigger than Minnesota. And that's really exciting. When you all were first having these conversations in the kind of planning phase, for you, what did success look like? Like, what was the thing that you pictured as being 5, 10, 15, whatever many years down the road? This is what I want it to look like. Is it a full packed 20,000 seat stadium? Or is it just basically create creating uh, a club that can be kind of sustainably run and, and continue to promote women's soccer? Um, it's sort of we, we have sort of personal goals. And then we have, you know, the actual professional business goals. We want a packed, energetic crowd of whatever size, wherever we're playing. Right? We, we want really engaged fans. And yesterday on Twitter, some of my favorite things that were starting to happen is people who had bought shares were starting to make statements about, I have some thoughts and no further questions. And they were taking <laughs> their ownership. like They were having a lot of fun with it. And if we can keep that tone and encourage our fans... Uh, we had our first kit design suggestion posted on Twitter this morning. And so we want to have a really engaged fan base that that is proud to be a part of it and is bringing their friends and bringing their family. So that that's the first thing. And as you know, you know, players play better when the crowd is engaged and cheering for them. So that will lead to really good soccer. 
We want to create a brand. This has been a high priority for us. We want to create a brand that people are really proud to wear and that you see popping up all over the place. We've talked a lot about the LA Dodgers and the reason that people wear LA hats is not necessarily because they're all crazy Dodgers fans, but they like to represent LA. And so we're looking at some of those things and figuring out how, how do we create a brand that people love? And so far with our even temporary design, it's been so well received. So we think we're off to a good start. And then personally, for me, I have been in sports my entire career and frequently have been the only female at the table, in the room, on the team. And I want to create more and more opportunities for women so that when my grandchildren decide they want to go into sports, that it's a really great mix of men and women and diversity in races and genders and everything else. And that is part of my personal mission is to figure out how do we create these opportunities? How do we get experience for people on and off the field that that allow them to move on and do other great things? I do want to get to how sales are going so far, but I, like sticking with that for a moment, it's interesting because when, when I think of community-owned teams, and in your conversation with Grant, y'all talked about the Green Bay Packers, yeah. that is such a like hyper-local team, and you will find Packers fans around the country. It seems like a lot of them tend to be from Wisconsin or have roots in Wisconsin connections yeah. to it. For you all, are you hoping that it stays relatively local? Would you like it to be... 80% of your shareholders are in Minnesota, or is it fine if it's people around the world? We are, we're thrilled with people around the world, and we want to be known for having created a community model that hopefully will inspire other communities. Then we get to the point where obviously we would like our owners to be able to come to the games. And so that will be the best way for us to engage everybody. But, you know, I've been with my work with the International Champions Cup soccer fans to travel. So if people want to come to games from South Carolina and Washington, D.C. and New York City, great. Awesome. Come on in. We will have partnerships and figure out hotels and learn about the Twin Cities and Minnesota. It may not be a place that normally would have been on your bucket list, but we love it here and we'd love to welcome in more people. And I have been to Green Bay and I will tell you that we are a lot more fun. I mean... You, you, you're the state of Prince and atmosphere yep. and rhyme sayers. So I will and say, yeah, you got true. a lot going on. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, with, I said sales earlier. It shows how little I know about how these things work. Uh, you all have started the campaign. People can buy their shares. What is the like proper way to explain that? What is your sort of shorthand for the process? So really, you are becoming a community investor, and um, an owner in the team. So the interest, what's been really, really interesting about this process is I'm very much of an ideas person. Right? I'm like, hey, this is a great idea. Let's play soccer on a bridge in Nashville. And we're going to go get permission from the city. Done. Right. I don't, I don't worry about rules and regulations. But because this is actually a securities transaction, we've had to learn a lot about rules and regulations over the last couple of weeks. And lucky for us, WeFunder is a platform that specializes in doing these transactions. And it is the platform that other teams who are community-owned have used. And so a lot of the legality and what investors need to know is on the WeFunder website. And that helps a tremendous amount. So if you go to WeFunder.com backslash MNWOSO, you'll see all the rules and regulations, the frequently asked questions. 
And that's been a process for us to really learn about things. Like one of the biggest questions is, can I buy these shares for my children? And that was, you know, about a month ago, we were just like, yeah, you know, we think so. <laughs> our attorney <laughs> was work. like, well, yeah, it should work. Why not? Right. And our attorney said, like, okay, hold on, slow down. Let's, let's come up with the proper answer. Okay, fine. Wow. All right. Yeah. So you all have you all have d- done the legwork. I very much appreciate. I should. I I don't know why I'm surprised by that because everything that I have heard about the work you all are doing so far leads me to believe that I'm the laziest human being on the planet because you all <laughs> have some hustle. Uh, how is the campaign going at present? Uh, it went live this week, as you mentioned. Uh, I, I hope it's going well. I'm excited to hear that you all are now like the uh, the most supported club in the world. We have been overwhelmed. Uh, Honestly, it, uh, we launched, so we were supposed to launch Tuesday morning and because of all the rules and regulations that we discussed, there was, uh, it took a little bit longer to get up and running than we expected. So we ended up going live late Tuesday night. And by the time I woke up Wednesday morning, social media was full and we hadn't even started, you know, telling people that the uh, portion the portal was open and we hadn't, you know, started our graphics saying I'm an owner. And it was just, and I think I woke up at, I was up at 4.45 AM because I wanted to make sure we got the news out to the news outlets. And it just was nonstop all day uh, within the first, we weren't even at 24 hours and we already knew that we were going to be successful. All right. And, but I'm assuming people still can uh, acquire shares uh, if they want to. Uh, and yes. that would be by going to the, uh, the WeFunder uh, site you mentioned. I'll, I definitely have a link in the show. Yeah, and the, you can also go to mnwomensoccer.com and it links you over to WeFunder and it will be open for a while. The biggest thing is if you want to be a part of the process of naming the team and picking the brand, we will have a cutoff point where we're going to have to start that process. So we do encourage people that if you are thinking about doing this, do it now because we're going to go into the naming process pretty quickly and we want everybody to participate. And I'm aware that this question like, maybe has the potential to be self-serving. I don't mean for it to, but I'm, it's a it's a genuine question. We get it a lot of what can I do to support women's soccer in this country? And I think our answer is usually support your local community in whatever way you can, maybe like support the sponsors that are sponsoring women's soccer. Would you say like an answer to that could be buy some shares? Yes, not, buy some shares. Um, absolutely. Because that is, if we continue to build on what we've built in the last 48 hours, then this model can absolutely be taken by anybody in the country. And so you can start a team in your community. You know, you basically pull together 10 friends and make sure everybody has the skills needed to do this and you can do it. So that's going to be the biggest thing with our success is going to encourage other people to be successful. But then other things you can do is when we search for a head coach, we want that to be a national search. So if you're following us on social media and you see us post a job description, please share it in your community, pass it along to friends, make sure that people are understanding that there are some great opportunities in sports right now for women. And we just need to make sure we're getting the word out and not just to the people who are already in sports, to anyone you think that has the skills that would benefit you know, a company. Let's go help everybody out. And speaking of social media, how is the TikTok campaign going? Oh, God, I know. Believe me, that one, what I'm really, really excited about is because of the new name image likeness laws with the NCAA, 
it actually will be very beneficial for our players to be building their own brands and their own uh, presence. And so I can't wait for them to take over TikTok. <laughs> I have not set up a TikTok account, nor nor do I plan to. So you all, once again, are ahead of me on that one. Uh, to, to recap, uh, again, I know you went over this with Grant, but what does the the sort of uh, initial sale that's ongoing, what does that cover for you all? What are you hoping to do with those funds that you raise? So we have put together uh, our operating budget uh, with a lot of help from not just the league, but actually from other teams. There is a women's football team in Minnesota called the Minnesota Vixen, and they helped us with travel expenses. And now their equipment's a lot more expensive than our equipment. So we have a really good idea of what our budget needs to be for the first year. And the WeFunder funds will really help us with that and take some of the pressure off having to go out and get a lot of sponsors. And we could be more picky about who our partners are going to be, make sure that they match our values and really want to be engaged with us. Um, we actually announced our first partner last week, which is Twin Cities Orthopedic. And they're some of the best orthopedic people in the country, take care of the U.S. women's national team and the men. So we could not be more thrilled to have them on board. And so we really want all of our partners to be passionate about our mission as well. And so with having such a strong response from community owners, it will allow us to make sure we're also picking the right corporate partners. And then it will also help us keep ticket prices reasonable and hopefully concessions reasonable because we want families to be able to come. We want entire soccer teams to be able to come and not have it be a one-time thing, but you know, come whenever you feel like it. So I know you said uh, 40,000 shares were going up. Uh, are, are you encouraging listeners to maybe get on that? Are you all, are you all like seeing that progress, feeling like you maybe are going to hit that number? We, we still have a ways to go. We okay. definitely are further ahead than any of us expected 36 hours in. <laughs> but now, you know, what happens when you're competitive is now you realize, ah. wait, we could <laughs> sell this thing out, yeah. right? And so now that that's in sight, we want everybody to join us because what a story that would be if the first independent women's team in the United States went out for community ownership and sold out in the first week. And are there varying price packages or anything, or is it pretty much one share equals blank? It's So it's one share is $25 and the minimum investment is $100 and you can invest up higher than that. So there are different perks that come in at different levels. And that's all listed on the website. Everybody gets one of our awesome inaugural scarves. And then everybody will vote on the team name and the team brand. And uh, I doubt you're going to let people vote on like style. But do you personally, is there a style of play you would like to see? I know we've got some time before you got to worry about this. But like, would you like it to be like the free flowing attacking side? What, what's the type of soccer you're hoping to see? So I, I did say this to somebody the other day. Um, I want to win. <laughs> I, I, why not? Right. We were one of the first ones in, we're going to have a longer runway than everybody else. So I figure we might as well just keep this streak going and win the championship the first year. But, um, one of, one of the most important things that I have learned across the course of my career is I am really, really passionate about my lane of marketing and business and getting people to come join us for a big event. And I am not going to interfere with the soccer. So we will hire a very strong head coach and she will decide what sort of play we are going to have. And I promise you that that will never include interference from me. I have worked in organizations where people that have no business giving advice on the sporting side give advice on the sporting side anyway. And that's not going to happen. 
But I do very much appreciate the I want to win mentality because yeah. I'll, like speaking for myself, I think sometimes when I think of grassroots clubs and trying to kind of create something from nothing, there's a priority on we just want to like build a sustainable model. We want soccer to exist here at all. And the actual on-field results, understandably so, justifiably so, it can be secondary at times. But also a successful team that wins games is going to get more people in the stands and get more interest. So it sounds like you all are kind of finding the balance pretty well, or at least seeking to find that balance. We have so. And also, we we sadly live in a state that is lacking on trophies. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank goodness for the Minnesota Lynx, who keep bringing home some metal, you know, big trophies for us. And then we did actually just have some Olympians clean up um, over in Tokyo. And when that happens in Minnesota, everybody celebrates. There was a parade for Suni Lee when she came home with her gold medals. And we want to be a part of that, right? How awesome would it be if we become the next team that wins a national championship? What What is the season like in Minnesota? Like how much training do you expect to be like indoors versus outdoors? We think that um, we'll probably have to start indoors. Honestly, we, we can have snow in the ground you know, well, we're going to snow on the ground for May, actually, but uh, at some point, everybody's going to have to go outside. So we'll, we'll have to start some training indoors. And then we will play outside. There's, you know, there's not really a soccer facility indoors unless we went to US Bank Stadium. And while I am very ambitious, I don't think we're quite ready to put you know 50,000 people in a building, maybe someday. Um, so yeah, we will play outside in May, June, and July in Minnesota can be glorious, a uh, little bit wet in May. I remember from my soccer mom days, you know, you go in your shorts and your t-shirt and next thing you know, you're oh, yeah. huddled up under a blanket, but our Minnesota fans will know that and they will be prepared. Uh, and obviously this process is ongoing. What do you think is the most important thing you've learned so far or what has required you to maybe pivot from your original idea? I'm sorry, will you say that again? Sure. Um, basically, what, what do you, what is, like, what's the biggest thing you think you've learned so far? Or is there anything that you initially thought, like, this is how we're going to do it, that you immediately had to change, change that plan or adjust what you were doing? I think the biggest thing that we've learned so far is this is actually a very serious business, right? It, it started off as a fun idea, but now we're really realizing, especially after a lot of meetings with lawyers and accountants, that we, we're crossing over into a commitment with these owners that have trusted us with their money. And that's a lot different than asking somebody to buy a ticket to a sporting event, right? These are people and, and a lot of people in our community, my son's friends, you know, some in college, just out of college, all bought shares yesterday. And that's a really big deal. So we are not talking about rich people just writing a check that they won't notice. We are talking about people who made a choice yesterday to trust us. So that to me is very humbling. And we constantly need to keep that in mind is this isn't just about us with this fun idea. This is about now a lot of people investing in us to build something special. And so that's where we, as soon as we kind of get through this investment period, and also we're out at the Minnesota State Fair every day. We are going to regroup and make sure that we have the right people in place, that we are dedicating the right resources to fulfill the promises that we've made to everybody. 
And like again, from your perspective or for your experience, there is that big jump between like, oh, this could be a fun thing. Why don't we try it to like sitting down to read the 38 page legal document? Was there a moment when you thought like this might be too big of a thing? I didn't quite realize what I was biting off or has it been full steam ahead from the jump? No, I may have had a meltdown on um, (laughs) Tuesday, Tuesday morning when we weren't able to go live. Um, there's a very popular local radio show, not just in the Twin Cities, but especially listened to across the country from our sports station. And a good friend of mine is the host of that show. And we were going to film some social media of him buying his shares. And he came down to meet me. He's like, are you okay? I said, I, I really need a hug. I said, yes. <laughs> I why why couldn't I just sit and watch a bunch of shows during the yep. pandemic? I, just, I, I actually said to him, and he has done a lot of pandemic projects as well. One day he called me and he said, "Hey, I wrote a book." I was like, "Of course you wrote a book." Um, and I did say that. I was like, "What's wrong with us?" I was like, "Do we have some sort of special disease that just doesn't allow us to be content and always want to do more things?" Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it has been uh, a little bit daunting, but we have had so much help. Absolutely overwhelming amounts of help. We have had people reach out to us and say, hey, I'm an expert in this area. We, we had somebody, a trademark attorney, who is really excited about this, reach out on LinkedIn and say, I'm a trademark attorney. If you need help with the naming process, I would really like to offer my services. And by finding those people who are willing to help. And you know, that uh, one of my favorite expressions is many hands make light work. That's where we are right now. And and everyone who is calling us and saying, I can help. My sister-in-law has been doing our emails because she's an email marketing expert and she's I, I can handle that. And that's where it's really amazing is to see all these people coming together. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm pretty clearly all in on the idea at this point. So too are you to a significantly higher degree. Yeah. Uh, but like that is, that is the thing that I think is so heartening about everything I've read and heard about it so far is just that it's, it is a good reminder that people care and there are thoughtful people out there at a time when maybe sometimes it doesn't feel that way in this country and elsewhere that like to just have people volunteering and getting on board and caring about things and being thoughtful and giving you a hug. Like I, I think that is, Fundamentally, what so many people enjoy about soccer is that sense of community and that sense of collective spirit. And it feels like you all are capturing that pretty well. We are. And it's been um, one, somebody said to me the other day that they feel like what we've given everybody is something very positive that everyone can get behind. Mm-hmm. And I think that at this moment in time, it is something that we all need. And while we've been out at the Minnesota State Fair, people marching over to the booth to say hi and to thank us and to say how excited they are has been really rewarding. And it, it shows that not only all of this coverage and interest that we have had from the local and national media, which is amazing, but social media and friends telling friends and coworkers talking about it, we only announced in June. So to be at this point three months in is incredible. And it does show that people are really ready to get behind women in sports, soccer, growing the game and just having something fun to cheer for. There you go. So you can spend your pandemic building a club or like me, you could watch like the office dinner party episode for the 25th time. Yours seems more productive. What do you all have uh, like in the works for the next couple of weeks as you continue to kind of grow the campaign? Um, So today's conversation this morning has been all about starting to vet team names through the trademark process to make sure that we don't start voting on something that we can't actually have. Um, so that's kind of the next big thing. And then we do have a job description written for our head coach. And so we will start the process of a national search 
for the head coach. And then closing out the WeFunder campaign will be important, making sure people that pledged convert that over to an actual commitment and then communicating with everybody to get them on board for the voting process. Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time. Again, I know you got a, a ton going on and, and I hope I haven't caused you any stress. I don't want any more. Believe me, right. I would have these conversations all day long over reading right. those documents. <laughs> that makes me happy. Well, then I apologize that I'm, I'm sending you back to the documents. But I just wanted to say thank you again and thank you for all that you all, all are doing. It's really exciting and I think really motivating and especially that it could potentially become a model for other clubs and how to kind of follow suit and do the same thing. It only helps grow the game. And I think growing the game everywhere helps raise it everywhere as well. So I just wanted exactly. to say thank you for all that y'all are doing. No, we really appreciate your interest. And we definitely look forward to checking in with you in the spring yeah. before our first game. I love it. All right. I'm excited for it. Uh, listeners, thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you all again very soon. 